and welcome to another episode of Health Affairs This Week, where you'll hear from a rotating cast of Health Affairs staff about the health policy news of the week. I'm Jessica Bylander. And I'm Ellen Bayer. Ellen, it's July. Can you believe it? Uh, We have a new issue of Health Affairs coming out next week, focused on the important topic of borders, health, and immigration. That's right. And it's a great issue. Yeah, so really looking forward to that one and hope people check it out. So another topic that's been in the news this past week is President Biden's big infrastructure bill that aims to rebuild the U.S. economy. So Biden has said that as we look to rebuild the economy after the devastation of the COVID-19 pandemic, we don't want to go back just to the way things were. Um, We want to actually do better. So he has some pretty lofty goals and proposed a really ambitious plan um, that's unfortunately been picked apart a bit in order to reach a bipartisan compromise. So in addition to traditional infrastructure projects like fixing highways and modernizing transportation options, he was also hoping to invest in climate action, digital infrastructure, and the U.S. workforce. So not everyone is getting what they wanted in that particular um, quote-unquote bipartisan infrastructure deal that was reached last week, right? That's right. Um, Lots of things from the president's original proposal got left out of the bipartisan plan. What we're going to focus on is a piece that doesn't seem to have gotten as much attention as some of the others, but in any case has really important implications for the health and well-being of millions of people. What I'm talking about is $400 billion in federal Medicaid funding for home and community-based long-term care services. And this is for things like personal care that includes help with so-called activities of daily living like bathing, dressing, and eating. And it also can involve help with house chores, cooking, home assessments, and modification for safety, and even home-delivered meals. These kinds of Medicaid services often are really essential to help low-income elderly people and people with disabilities to live independently at home instead of having to go into an institution. And these services often aren't easy to get, and many states often have long waiting lists. So the original infrastructure plan that the president proposed included provisions to increase access and improve the quality of care and also improve conditions in the workforce for home care through better paying jobs that include benefits and collective bargaining rights. Yeah, and it was kind of that sort of um, considering jobs as infrastructure that I think influenced Biden to include this in the um, infrastructure deal in the first place, sort of like human infrastructure was, I think, the way they were packaging it. We'll talk more later about where all those plans have ended up. There is still some hope of them passing. But Ellen, as you mentioned, um, so many people make use of these services to um, kind of remain out of nursing homes and group homes, which have their challenges and kind of high costs associated. So Why is this issue so important? Why is it so important to kind of improve um, the home care workforce? Well, I feel like these issues are important both on a personal level and on a national policy level. I mean, I think we've all had experiences in our own lives, right? Uh, Maybe with an elderly family member or a friend who's needed some help with activities of daily living to be able to live at home for as long as possible and avoid having to go into an institution. And many of us at some point in our own lives may need home care and have to rely on the help of paid caregivers. The proposal is also important because it would give a significant funding boost to Medicaid home community-based services. Medicare and Medicaid make up between two-thirds and three-quarters of the total revenues for the home care industry. So ultimately, these provisions would have a huge impact on the state of the workforce in home care. 
during the pandemic, there's a lot of talk, as you know, about essential workers and home care workers are among the most essential of essential workers, but there just aren't enough of them to meet the demand and the shortage is expected to get even worse. Um, a recent report on the home care workforce showed that from 2016 to 2060, the number of adults age 65 and older in the U.S. will almost double, and the number of people age 85 and older will almost triple from about 6.4 million to about 19 million. And people are living longer with conditions like dementia and other complex illnesses that cause them to need help with basic activities of daily living. And family caregivers who are unpaid, often unpaid a lot of times fill these roles, but there aren't enough of them. And often the needs are such that family care caregivers just can't take on the entire burden on their own. And the demand for home care will grow hugely in the coming years, along with the demographic trends. But the population of adults who will be available to provide family caregiving is expected to remain relatively flat. So there just won't be enough family caregivers. Yeah, and as you mentioned, family caregivers are already overburdened. This is sometimes really physical work, and um, I, I think I've heard that some caregivers tend to be older themselves, and so just the grueling demands of kind of helping people to um, to the bathroom and other kind of activities that can take a real toll on the family caregivers. I read a recent report from AARP that said today more than one in five Americans provide care for an adult or child with special needs. So that's about 53 million caregivers in this country. And like you said, they're providing the care for the most part for free. Um, so it just seems unsustainable. And obviously the ability per, to pay for care is an issue, but we hear that some people who are able who, or who have insurance covered to pay for care can't actually find home care providers. So what's going on there? Well, there are so many challenges facing the workforce. I, I'm not sure where to even start, but let's start with the pay, which is very low, uh, about $12 an hour. And one in six home care workers actually lives in poverty. Many home care jobs are part-time and don't provide important benefits like health insurance or paid sick leave. And the work is typically really demanding, both physically and emotionally, but training can vary quite a bit and often is pretty minimal. There are no national standards for core competencies in home care, and often there are little to no opportunities to grow in these jobs, and people actually might be able to make more money in fast food or retail for doing work that's a lot less demanding. So given all the challenges, it's not surprising that there's been really high turnover in home care jobs. Yeah, and the issues you're describing, they can lead to these really long wait lists of people waiting weeks or months to receive care that they they are eligible for or are do, do have funding for through Medicaid or in some instances, Medicare. Um, and so I imagine these shortages were only exacerbated by the pandemic. You know, you know, I've written some about the difficulties for um, children with special needs getting access to their providers, but um, I imagine it's like a really broad issue affecting so many Americans. Absolutely. During the pandemic, I mean, like so many other things, the challenges in the home care workforce have gotten even bigger. It's been an issue of major concern in the industry and among families and in the health policy world. In fact, there was a presentation on this topic at the Academy Health National Research Meeting that I attended virtually a couple weeks ago. During the pandemic, uh, home care workers often didn't have enough training and infection control and didn't have the personal protective equipment they needed. So they were often 
quite justifiably fearful of going into people's homes and people were afraid to have them come in. So it's gotten even harder to recruit and retain workers for these jobs and home care worker shortages are now worse than ever. So Jess, is there hope for some type of legislative solution? Yeah. I mean, even though the $400 billion in funding um, for home and community-based care um, that Biden was proposing was excluded from the infrastructure deal, it still lives in some form. So last week, Congresswoman Debbie Dinkle and Senator Bob Casey introduced the Better Care, Better Jobs Act, which takes up the mantle of strengthening access to Medicaid, home and community-based services, and supporting the direct care workforce. Um, But then you have to wonder what's going to happen with that bill. In terms of the infrastructure deal, Biden has said he won't sign it unless it passes in tandem with a separate budget reconciliation bill that invests in social infrastructure and some of the other Democratic priorities like paid leave and childcare investments. But it isn't clear yet whether the home care bill that was just introduced will be folded into that reconciliation bill. But that's so that's one possibility of a way it could get passed in addition to being passed as a standalone bill. And in terms of reconciliation, like what is that? So that's the way the COVID relief package was passed. And the reconciliation process allows certain types of bill bills to pass with a simple majority versus 60 votes in the Senate. But as we often say, we'll have to see how this plays out. There may be a long road ahead for these home care workforce investments. Yes. Um, you know, we, ha- we can just remain hopeful. Um, you know, I've been thinking about these issues for a long time and actually co-authored a report on the topic back in the 90s. And there's been some limited progress in some areas since then, and some states have done some interesting work. But Not nearly enough progress has been made nationally, and there's still a really long way to go. So I'm hopeful um, about uh, the prospects, and I do feel encouraged that home care is now part of the national conversation around infrastructure, and it's great to see this legislation being considered. Uh, As hard as it is, I guess we'll just have to wait and see if the home care proposals will make it over the finish line in Congress. Yeah, and that sounds like a good place to wrap up. Thanks so much for listening. If you like this episode, please tell a friend and subscribe to Health Affairs This Week wherever you listen to podcasts. Bye.